Welcome back, everybody, to episode 18 of Pop Pop, the pop culture podcast. As always, I am your LA nerd, Joel Reeves, and my co-host is sitting right next to me. Well, kind of right next to me. He's across the room. Taylor Salen. Pop Pop. How's it going, guys? That's the only thing he can say this whole podcast. Pop Pop. I have to say, I have to do like an I am group, but with Pop Pop. <laughs> and you're all supposed to know what it means every time mm-hmm. he says it. Uh, welcome back, as I said. Um... Did I mention AsianTheNerd.com? I don't think I did. No, We're on AsianTheNerd.com, like yeah. always. Uh, yeah. There's good articles on there. We're on there. So. Yeah, Pete just uh, Pete just posted a Hateful oh, Eight review Pete. today, actually. I Which, I mean, obviously, when people are listening to this, it won't be today. But It'll go check tomorrow. it out. It's uh, really great. Pete's a cool guy. Yeah, Pete's awesome. I dig we all went to a gay bar together in New York on accident. That's pretty hilarious. We were sitting there, and we didn't realize it was a gay bar, and then no shit, all four people at the table all looked at each other at the same time, and we were like, wait. Is this a gay bar? It's like that moment of realization, but everybody had it in sync. Yeah. It was all in unison. Exactly. And it and it and it ended up being a gay bar. That's so funny. It was uh How many beers were you were you one beer in or oh, dude, we were like three beers <laughs> in. I'm pretty sure the bartender it, was like, This is an orgy waiting to happen. These guys are like, What the fuck? <laughs> well the thing was was what we noticed was everybody kept like filtering into the bar and then like it kept getting like really busy and then really empty. <laughs> and like we didn't realize like we didn't realize what happened. We're like, what is this just not a cool bar? Why is it so uh, and then we realized funny. that people were, were were meeting up there to and hook up. Going to fuck. And then leaving. Yeah. And so the bartender must have been like, Man, these dudes are getting wasted together. What are they gonna do tonight? Dirty anal sex. That's yeah, what you're gonna do. Exactly. That That's what you did that night. <laughs> I mean, no, obviously. Taylor, before we say anything else, we cannot forget to roll those sweet, smooth jams. Wookie, Wookie. Sorry, I had to throw in a Star Wars reference Star there. Star Wars reference. I you like, like it. that. I like Wicka, it. I got just two real quick pieces of news. Uh, two very both important. Mm-hmm. Um, not not a whole lot to talk about though. Mm-hmm. First thing, wait. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? I'll take the bad news first. The bad news is that David Bowie died. Oh yes, it was very sad. The age of sixty nine. Yep. A good age for him to go out. Yeah, I'll I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, he lived a he lived a full life. You know. Like a badass he, life. Yeah, dude. He, he he apparently from what I heard, he kinda just like got to spend spend the last days of his life kinda just like walking around New York in the neighborhood he lived and like spending time with family and stuff. Yeah. So like you can't really you know There's not much else to ask there, for. Yeah, he recorded there's, there's, one last album. There's a, yeah, and and released a song a couple of days before his death, which was really weird. He it talks it. about him going to heaven and shit. So like he must have known. Oh, you know? he knew, yeah. yeah. Of course he knew. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it's sad, but uh, unlike most people, I'm not, you know, not freaking out, like, oh my god, you know, I mean, he had a big influence on music and popular culture and and a lot of different, um, you know, things like it, a lot of kids from the '80s, from you know, like yeah. stuff like Labyrinth, you know, yeah. and that's something I growing up I watched, but and uh, Ziggy Stardust, yeah, like. I mean, he never really had that sort of that that massive impact that he had on some people, but. You know, you still got to recognize a genius um, when there is one. So, oh, absolutely, he is definitely one of the most influential people in music. Yeah, um, uh, and like the same and thing pop, with I you, mean, like pop culture as a whole. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, like his cameo in Zoolander. Yeah, I believe I can be of some assistance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, what's really interesting, and um, and and I mean, this is you know obviously something we'll touch a little bit more on later. 
But uh, it was it was uh, he was James Gunn was actually had yeah. talked to Marvel about giving him a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy two. And which, from what I heard, he was he he seemed like he was gonna do it. Too. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like just a too little, too late in this instance. Yeah. But it's cool, you know. Well, Maybe they'll bring uh, him back via CGI, like <laughs> a, like Tupac, like, like Tupac. it'll be hologram and shit on set. His his. Him and Freddie Mercury singing "Under Pressure" together is oh, is like I beautiful. said. I'm not I'm not a huge David Bowie fan, but like yeah. that is a that is a beautiful combination yep. of yep, yep, yep. men singing songs together right mm-hmm. there. Yep. So yeah, you will be missed. Indeed. So what's the good news? What's the good news now? We got the bad stuff out of the way. The good news is uh, the Rams is coming to LA. Oh shit. My so favorite wait, football team. You're telling me for like the first time in about 25, 30 years, LA is actually going to have a fucking football we team? We don't have a football team. So what you're telling me is that California can have like three football teams and one of them can actually be in LA, the, pretty, yeah. the biggest city in California? Yeah. Here's the thing. I might be a giant nerd, considering we run this nerdy podcast together, mm-hmm. but I love me some football. Yeah, me too. Me too. We we used to hit up the El Torito brunch every Sunday. Yeah. And get drunk, watch football games. Yep. My mimosa, favorite team. Mimosa Sundays. My favorite Man football team. Yeah, Man Mosas. My favorite football team is the Rams. Mm-hmm. I and it has been. Has been since yeah. I was like 10 or 11 years old. Yep. And that's still when they were in St. Louis. But then get this shit. My mom was showing me baby pictures. There's a picture of me as a young child, maybe four or three or five years old in a Los Angeles Rams shirt. Boom. So, bro, I loved the Rams you got the before proof, I dude. even knew I loved the Rams. You got the, the proof. You can't say nobody can tell you you're a, ba- a bandwagoner. No, I ain't no bandwagoner. Yeah. And they almost came to L.A. in 2013. Yeah. And a bunch it, of, a, co- a couple yeah. times. It's been very close. It's been a so. couple times, and I was like, oh, man. And I get excited every time. And this time, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get excited about it because like, mm-hmm. it might not happen. Yeah. And then it fucking happened. Yeah. So we're going to get a football team. Well, and the Chargers were given the option to join yeah. them here in L.A. if they wanted And that's what I was going to say. That The ironic thing about all of this is after not having a football team and finally getting one, we could have two football teams. Yeah. Which well, is just – it's fucking hilarious to me. But I think it's a smart business decision. I mean – I'm not one to watch the news, but I was passively watching the news earlier today. <laughs> and literally, they already they've started work on the stadium today. Fuck like yeah. they have a bulldozer, like preparing to like <laughs> move shit around. So that's bad. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess they're gonna play at the Coliseum next year, and then yep. the following year the stadium will be open. So I've seen like mock-ups of that stadium. It looks it looks beautiful, dope. man. Yeah, and it's what's really be a place cool? To go get fucked up. This is a total tangent. Um, but yes, yeah, so a good place to get fucked up because they're gonna bring uh, like a whole. Uh, surrounding area so there's going to be like theater there's yep. going to be restaurants all that shit built in around it but what's really cool is that the stadium itself is actually going to be ha- like basically halfway in the ground no so, shit so it's actually buried into the ground so it's not like this huge stadium towering over everything i didn't you know even what I know mean? that That's so cool. it's going to be really like this kind of state-of-the-art design which is going to be interesting because i'm a huge fan of um and this is getting really fucking nerdy about football <laughs> but i'm a huge fan of like sort of new stadiums and the Sweet technology and yeah like just just all the, the the stuff that they like special things that they do with each stadium. like I, how do you like feel about instance, those stadiums that have like jacuzzis that i don't <laughs> give too much two two uh, two shits about what i think is cool is like for instance when the cardinals got their new stadium and again i'm sorry about the tangent guys when the cardinals got their new stadium um it was like in the early 2000s uh when they moved out of the sun devil stadium which is the college football fucking stadium they were totally. playing in, um 
their, that is the St. Louis their game. stadium oh, I know, literally, literally has grass that when they're not playing can be pulled out from underneath the stadium so that they can grow natural grass. They can practice on it. And then when they're ready to bring it back in, they, it literally moves back in. You know, it takes like an hour or two to move it back and forth. But it's fake. No, it's real grass. So they can grow real grass and then move it inside, and you don't have that uh, that problem of, like, grass not getting enough light. <laughs> that's so cool. it's shit like that that I'm like, that's fucking awesome, you yeah. know what I mean? And who'd but, have um, thunk that the fucking, that the fucking Rams are going to be the ones with the coolest stadium this next year? Like, yeah. this just yeah. in. Shitty yeah. Rams get best stadium. I'm curious if they're, I mean, they've, pretty much stuck with their jerseys and their their you know their sort of logo and stuff like that. They got that blue and gold. Yeah, well before it was like blue and yellow in the 80s and stuff like yeah. that, but I'm curious if they're actually going to redesign the logo and stuff for the for the move. I don't see why they wouldn't. I'd but be fine with them sticking with it to be honest. Yeah, no, not to say like redesign it but to you know to to make those sort of small co- uh, the 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 um outfit alterations, you yeah, know, yeah, I mean, yeah. the team outfit, you know, that's the modern shit. So yeah. Bad, the only the, the only downside is that the stadium's in Inglewood. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, it's cool, but we have to drive like an hour to get there. Damn it! <laughs> they about to gentrify the shit out of Inglewood. Yeah, because it's not yep, a very nice yep, neighborhood. Yep, yep. But it's about to be. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we have some news. Some news. More news. We have more news. Plenty of news. Plenty of news. Ton and, tons of news. We do actually have a lot of news today. Yeah. We're going real slow for how much news we have. Something real quick we can talk about. M. Night Shyamalan is rebooting Tales from the Crypt. Shyamalan ding dong. I fucking hate M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I've never been a big fan of Tales from the Crypt, so I'm not really super excited for this. I'm curious, um, but you know he doesn't have the best track record also. I'm, so. I'm a fan of certain Tales from the Crypt films. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked uh, the Bordello of Blood mm-hmm. and its uh, predecessor, or the, the the movie that came before it, uh, yeah. Demon Knight. I, yeah. <laughs> he's shaking. I, his head just, like, I don't. I don't no know any of this. He, he, he no Tales from the Crypt uh, canon. I guess. I I I'm not a huge fan, but I do mm. I do like it, and I hate M Night Shyamalan. You know what? Here's the thing: if I've ever seen anything and didn't hate it, and then M Night Shyamalan wanted to touch it, I'd be up in arms about it. Yeah, it could be like a. He could be like, I'm going to reboot My Little Pony, and I'd be outside like, don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Well, I, think I just that, fucking hate that guy. And I mean, this is a discussion for another time, but just to touch on it quickly, I think the problem with Shyamalan these days is that he had so much success. Is that it's not the 90s anymore? Well, no. He had so much, so much success with his first two films that people told him, literally people, literally people told him that he was the next Spielberg. If people yeah. are telling you that you're the next Spielberg, you're going to get a fucking ego. And people started giving him full creative control, and that's when his work started going downhill. You know what yeah. I mean? So if he's sort of uh, put on a little bit of a leash, I think he'll actually maybe be able to salvage his career. Yeah. But I don't well, think the, that's going to happen. As, as, the, as the honest trailers would put it, you love The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. You liked parts of Signs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like then everything just, else after that everything was Everything else made you go, what? The happening. <laughs> It's the wind, man. Fucking happening, man. That uh, shit's funny. So yeah, but the biggest fuck you about uh, about this reboot is that the Crypt Keeper is not going to be in it. Yeah. Which is what Tales from the Crypt is about. Well, I mean, that's not to say, did they say it was the Crypt Keeper himself? Or is it someone who's going to basically kind of be like the Crypt Keeper, but possibly be maybe a new design? For, no, for they instance, just said or the character's not with, in it. Someone with like a new name who's... 
who's like the Crypt Keeper. It's not a person, you know, it's like an animatronic or whatever the hell they use to make that shit happen. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe it's a new character and a new design or something for the new age. We'll see. I don't know. It didn't it seem like that when they said it. Yeah. I'm just like. Hey, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, of course, of course. But that's like, that. that would be like rebooting the X-Men and like. There is no Professor X. It's just like a bunch of kids at a regular high school. Yeah, well, no. What what I'm saying is like what the equivalent of them doing what I was talking about with them would be them like rebooting X-Men and then Professor X is like a 20-somethings like gymnastic star. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like something completely different, but you know. Um, so we'll uh, see. Uh, that was a terrible na- analogy. No, but no, it, 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 it serves my point, so it whatever. Um, Taylor, um, so... Man, I feel like every time we do this podcast, we just talk about Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah, have yeah. you seen this little indie film called Star Wars: The Force Awakens? Yeah, unfortunately, I've only seen it once. You've only seen it once. Yeah, I still haven't been able to see it again. Man. I'm hoping in Oregon we can go see it again because we're gonna have some downtime finally. Sorry, that was totally inside baseball. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm gonna go get, to Oregon, I, <laughs> you guys. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> that totally slipped out. I, I, <laughs> That was so bad. Um, yes, I'm hoping to see it soon again. When he goes to Oregon, very soon. His dad. Well, it's in the next week when I go to Oregon <laughs> on fucking vacation, okay? Because I haven't had a vacation in months. That's true. Um, anyway, there's um, there's this stormtrooper in it. Yes, his name's TR8R. TR8R. Yeah. Do we know what that stands for yet, or no? No, we don't. Um, but he has an FN name, like Finn does. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, yeah. FN two one nine nine. TR eight R. I have no idea. Right? Yeah, here's the thing: is like, why does he have three fucking names? So he's FN two one nine nine, aka TR eight R. I'm not sure where that name came from, but then apparently his friends call him Nines. Do they call him Nines in the movie? No, but they have an official backstory. That's oh that's my that's God. the news. That's the news. TR eight R has an official backstory that seemed to be fan fiction until. StarWars.com and Lucasfilm said, no, 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 that's, th- th- that is right. Until the Storeworms intervened. Yeah. And they were like, worms. no, this is correct. <laughs> so his friends call him Nines. Okay. Greg Rucka, who's a really good comic book writer, mm-hmm. he did uh, a book called Before the Awakening, and uh, it kind of explains that uh, TR8R and Finn were a part of the same training group together. Okay, so like when Finn got pulled for, from sanitation to be a stormtrooper, they trained together. I think so, Gotcha, yeah. okay, and that makes that's sense. why he calls him a traitor, because he actually knows who he is. It's not just... Yeah. Because that was like kind of the question. Like, how does he is, know who this dude is? He's not in like a stormtrooper outfit. His buddy from boot camp. Exactly. But you have to his remember, stormtroopers don't wear their shit all the time. Like, when they go to bed, they take their helmets off, and they can see each other's faces, they you know? They do? Yeah. Who would have thought stormtroopers had lives outside of bumping their heads and (laughs) missing shots, missing blaster shots? Yeah, once you ask how Leia's shoulder is. Oh my god! Damn. Um. So what's what's the so that's the full official backstory? He's riot control, which is what everybody kind of said. So his little staff thing, it it really looked like it was like a riot gear. So it was basically his his job is to kind of like wrangle all the people that are like going out uh, like running out of the temple like away and scattering into the fort like he's trying to it says he's riot control he's a part of an elite squad that enforces order or squashes uprisings oh okay. so yeah, like if yeah, yeah. there's any kind of so town he's like that's the gra- like trying the to go force. Yeah. exactly if anything tries to go against the first order he's there to like mm-hmm. bust some heads apparently yeah he's the head buster and kylo ren's the lightsaber pointer because yeah. he points it at daisy's head in, in that scene sorry 
He I love that shot though when the lightsaber is like right in the like it comes yeah, into yeah, the yeah, foreground yeah. and she's man. It was really school. weird in 3D. Yeah, that's a good shot, man. There's some really cool shots that really stick in my mind from that movie after just letting it settle. I really hope that the second viewing is going to be good. By the way, sorry, this is a total fucking. I liked it better the second time. I've heard that, but I've also heard a couple people who have been like, "Oh, it's sort of diminished for me." But I well, think those people are stupid. Like I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like knowing what it is going in will help the experience. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll, an, I'll, I'll just enjoy it for what it is. There's you know? an article that's like forty unforgivable plot holes for the Force Awakens. I think HuffPost wrote it. Yeah, and like they're. They're actually like they're all right, valid points. But mm-hmm. then somebody else wrote an article that was like, "Here I am squashing these forty plot holes because fuck so you." So it could go either way, like post. Yeah. And I agree more with like that guy than Huff. I haven't seen that one. I've I, I got to take a look at the Huff Post article, but it wasn't in detail. I thought it was funny though that it's like. 40 it was well, what was the title too. of it again? I think it was 40 unforgivable plots. Unfor- I think unforgivable is 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 way too fucking strong of a word because it's not like the plot holes ruin the movie. It's like no, 40 unforgivable nick nitpicks is more like it, you know what I mean? 40 unforgivable things only because you live in your mom's basement. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so in the real so, world. So moving on from from TR Right. Radar. Radar. Yes. We got a. Uh, did you know that in the comic books of Ant- Marvel, okay, Ant Man can also get really big. I did know this actually. I do know this. And unlike most people, I'm a, I'm actually I. It's funny. Before the movie came out, I was one of the people that was like, "This is going to be an awesome movie because I think Ant Man's a really great character." You know what I mean? Just the yeah. idea of Ant Man and Hank Pym. Yeah. You know, but uh, Scott Lang a little less so. Well, the official but. thing for Giant Man. Yeah, I just dropped that. Giant yes. Man is apparently going to be in yes. Civil War, is what we've heard. Mm-hmm. Apparently, which is very surprising that it's coming that soon. Yeah. Well, so uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say that when Hank Pym first gave off the mantle to yeah. Ant-Man, he started to go back to his little technology booth or whatever he does, his little science yeah. table, yeah. and he made it Giant-Man. So Hank Pym was still around even when he wasn't Ant-Man anymore. Yeah. He was Giant-Man. Yeah. He just, you know, if you can make the technology to shrink, you can make the technology to grow big. Yeah, he basically re- reverse-engineered his own yeah. technology to and figure out how to And they set that up yeah. in the Ant-Man movie when he goes, like, subatomic, and then he... Well, it's backs it's, it up it's, by yeah. Well, and it's not only that they they hint at it too by how he's able to make small things big like the tank and the Thomas well, the, the thing, train. But it's like the little chip thing that he like throws. that he puts in there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. like that's the same technology. So mm-hmm. that's where it's going. So mm-hmm. anyway, Funko, the Pop Toys uh, manufacturer, yeah, they have been a spoiler's best friend for a long time. They always. Yeah. Released, you know what the toy the toy community in general is always a spoilers lover's best friend. They always release things too early or some toy leaks or something, mm. right? All mm-hmm, always. Mm-hmm. Yep. Funko released the Giant Man pop figure. For Already? The, for the well, no, they released like an image of it. Oh, okay. But it was for specifically for Captain America Civil War. It says Civil War on They're it. They're releasing a Civil War set of pop oh. figures, and Giant Man is a part of it. So Giant Man is apparently going to be in Civil War. That's cool. Which I really like. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's that's something like the presence of Giant Man, someone that's as tall as a fucking building like a skyscraper is something that could literally like Let's put it this way, that's Would like Would you a, say that he could fight Thanos? 
Well, no, no, no. I think that's something that definitely happens, but I love the idea of Giant Man being the thing that decides, like, who wins the Civil War, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because oh, yeah. that power, like, can shift the tide to, you like, You think whoever. that's what it is? I, I, I don't know. You know, it's tough to say. I think it that would could be, be a good one of, third act surprise. That's what I'm saying. He's like, Ant-Man have, the whole movie, and then he... Exactly, and you have Giant Man, and you have that moment, you know, uh, where he sort of turns the tide for whichever side, yeah. which it's most likely going to be Cap's side, but... I was just um, about to say, like, quick tangent, who do you think is going to win the Civil War? It has to be Cap. Yeah. Like, Cap's side is going to win, but he's going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I Cap wins, that. but he loses. You know, I also think that. That, that feels like the only way that that can go. You know, like, Cap Cap has always been, like, the ultimate American hero. Especially in the movies, they, they like, he, like, Chris Evans really portrays him as, like, just good. It, yeah. It's funny, the way he describes it perfectly is good for the sake of being good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like the 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 best way to cap off a trilogy about a person like that is <laughs> cap for him off. to cap off cap, cap off. uh i know that was totally unintended <laughs> pun by the way <laughs> to cap off a trilogy like this is to um is to have him die you know for the sake of the greater good yeah Here's and it really, also paves the way for new avengers too yeah which really sucks though to have the original cap not be there to fight thanos it's not confirmed that he'll die so maybe he will be but like yeah when he dies falcon well, steps up becomes cap Oh, he does? In the comic books, Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. So I haven't like, read Civil War, so I'm not super familiar. No, no. It, so that part doesn't specifically Because I thought, I thought Bucky Civil steps War. up as Captain America at one He point does two. in Civil War, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. But okay, like gotcha. now, right now in yeah. the comics, Falcon is Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Which I think... What? My girlfriend wants you all to know that she knew that. <laughs> and she screams... <laughs> You're forever immortalized room. on the podcast now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, oh, she's already been immortalized. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you know what? It, I actually don't know which way they would go because yeah, like yeah. In 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 the Civil War storyline, Bucky becomes Cap, but I feel like they only put Falcon into the movies because he is he's so prevalent in the comics right now as being Whoa. Captain America's predecessor. Yes, so. but at the same time, he's also he's also a lesser known character, so you can pay. You know, you don't have to get that big name star for him. True. His superpower is Andy a little. Mackie, he's, is, he's a star. No, he is now, obviously. But when they hired him, he was still up and coming. You know, he's not a Robert Downey Jr. Is what I'm saying. Oh no, of course. Um, not. Or a Chris uh, Hemsworth. You know what I mean? Chris Evans now. Well, Chris but Hemsworth the other was thing nobody too is is Falcon passed. has very relatively easy to render on film superpowers. You know what I mean? Like y- you don't you don't have a dude with a hammer and a cape and all this shit. Like he's a dude that has a little bodysuit and wears a jetpack sometimes. Yeah. Like and you, there's not a lot of visual effects and like elements required to, to you so know, except for the flying for instance like for instance like in ant-man you know what i mean like it was easy to put falcon into ant-man because he's got these relatively simple powers yep. and can fight you know so i think um it'll be interesting to see how they go forth with it i feel like the end of civil war is not actually going to be the end of the civil war sort of metaphorically speaking yeah i think the ramifications of this are going to go all the way through to the end of infinity war so it'll would, be yeah. interesting to see how it plays out in civil war but more importantly how it goes afterwards yeah I, i'm excited to see uh crossbones in action yes actual actual crossbones yeah, and yeah. not just uh teased crossbones not just frank and Grillo. frank Grillo was awesome man in, in in winter soldier so i'm excited to see what he brings dude to that the role. scene when anthony he mackie's like uh i'm about to run out the fucking building yeah. and he just starts to run and you see yeah. frank like turn around and he's like oh shit i love like, how you're like frank <laughs> like you call him frank. you know my hey, good what, friend what, my frank, good friend dude. frank yeah, you know my good my it's your good friend seth my yeah it's you know <laughs> 
if I ever see Frank Grillo, I'm going to do the stealthy. I'm going to be like, my good friend Frank, no bigs. <laughs> we have to, dude. We have of to. Of course. No, I, I, uh, on the note of Frank Grillo, I just want to tell you how much I love that guy. Yeah. He, I, as much as I thought the movie was just okay, the best part of Purge Anarchy, the second Purge movie, is Frank I would, Grillo. I, for, for He's fucking awesome were, in that movie, dude. For a second, I thought you were talking about... Cap two, and I was like, "What? Oh, the no, fuck? no, 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 <laughs> no! He's 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 like the star of Purge Anarchy. He's I did awesome not know in that. that. Movie, That's dude. on HBO yeah. Go. I might have to. He's watch cool. That. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. It's better than the first one. Is it really? Yeah, surprisingly better. Yeah. Right. It really it fulfills the premise of like I what liked the first one. of what the oh you'll the the second one basically takes place outside when the purge is happening. So instead of being in a single location, it During shows you what's happening. the same purge or like another purge? I think it's an, a different okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing: is like I don't really have high standards for horror movies anymore because the horror genre has gone such like mm-hmm. d- downhill. I love I love horror movies. If you show me a good horror movie, yeah. I'm I'm all up on it with a full boner. Like, yeah, of course, me too. But like, there just haven't been like I would say saying and, and, the purge was good is like. I'm like, yeah, it was good. No, no, and I wouldn't even, nowadays. yeah, I wouldn't even call it really call it a horror movie. It's more of a thriller or yeah. suspense. Like the second one, more so than the first one, too, is more of an action movie. You know, because you have shit, explosions mm-hmm. happening, people chasing people, all that shit. So whatever. Moving on, though, this is a fucking huge tangent about the purge. Moving on from that, I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh man, something just popped in my head when we were talking about Cap, and then I forgot about it. So I guess we'll just move on. It'll come back. You can talk. You can just blurt it out at any time. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? We could talk about uh, Pacific Rim 2. Okay. That movie's gone through hell and back and back to hell, and I guess back now? It's development hell and back and there again. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, there and back. Guillermo Sorry, Guillermo I went backwards, damn it. It's, it's nah, development hell and there and back again. I got what you were trying to say. Um, so it was, re- it was released that it was no longer on the uh, upcoming year's movie table the slate for legendary yeah. yeah and then it was revealed this week that it was no longer going to be made at all yeah basically the the, the what then, we'd heard <laughs> is that they were basically going to scrap it yeah. altogether, which is weird and then and then <laughs> and uh, then <laughs> that's kind of what i was like and who then? bought who bought who bought legendary taylor um, oh shit! I don't know the name of the That's company, okay. but, Just, uh, but basically, some Chinese company bought bought, <laughs> bought bought some Chinese company bought um, Legendary for I believe about three hundred fifty million dollars. And who do you and who do you think the kaiju movies generally appeal? Well, to? China and Japan, but yeah. but uh, but China is it? <laughs> well, I mean, to be to be fair, China is 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 on track to eclipse the U.S. as the largest film market in the world, um, probably within the next ten to twenty years. So oh, that's fine. That's not even what I'm. Referring to no, this. I know you're. Ch- I'm, I'm just saying to to, to America scraps a goddamn sense. kaiju movie, and then China buys legendary pictures <laughs> to make a giant kaiju to make movie. A f- to make a fucking kaiju. You movie. know the reason they bought it <laughs> is to make Pacific Rim two, and that's it. They're like, Some we're gonna spend three fifty million to fucking make, <laughs> dude. No, you know, I was. It's funny. I was. I was joking with my girlfriend earlier today because today tonight's the big Powerball drawing, and there's the one point three billion oh, dollars that's on it's the line. It's actually happening in three minutes. Yeah, guys, I we're don't, gonna do a live Powerball. I don't have my ticket, so we can we can do Joel's we can do a live Powerball drawing on the podcast. Oh God, it won't be live then. <laughs> It'll be live for us. I mean, it'll be live currently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, some super fan of this China company was like, "Hey, hey, did you no, guys hear? Well, did you guys hear about this Pacific Rim thing? That's <laughs> How much money we got? How much money we got? We got we got three fifty mil laying around. Three hundred fifty million. All right, let's go buy legendary. And then they cut to and then they cut to that South Park click. I got about three fifty. <laughs> And then they bought 
fucking legendary. And they're like, all right, we're just going to make this movie and then sell the company back to legendary. That would be, I don't know. Look, I really liked the first movie. Um, Charlie's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie from It's Always Sunny is a good actor. You know? Yeah. Idris Elba's a good actor. I enjoyed <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Um, let's put it this way. It's China's Wanda group or production. Wakanda? I don't know. It just says, the title, the title of the article says, China's Wanda in talks to buy legendary entertainment. Wanda commercial properties. That's really uh, that's really weird, man. That is really weird. That's so odd. But I guess but that's the, like Viacom well, owning. Yeah, well, it's conglomerate status yeah, basically. Exactly. But I think the idea from their perspective, which is kind of interesting, is to sort of tap into like to basically get into a foot in the door, sort of into the they into just, the American film they just market. Want to make this kaiju movie? That's all they want. Well, I hope so. I hope Pacific Rim makes a fuck ton of Pacific Rim two makes a fuck ton Dude, of Pacific of Rim money. one made a fuck ton of money. It didn't make a, overseas. It made a lot of money in America. It fucking bombed. Dude. Really. It made not even a hundred or two hundred million dollars in America. I think it made seventy two million last time, if I remember, and I could be I wrong. I feel I feel like Guillermo's gotten to that status where people just go see his movies. No, um, unfortunately not, because even with his stuff, he's 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 very famous and pronounced director, but he's very hit and miss, man. Okay, look, 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 look. No matter if it didn't make like Star Wars money, no. the budget was only 190 million, and yeah. it made 411 million. No, but you, that's that's true. But you also have to take into account uh, marketing, which is a huge part of that. But how much domestically did it make? Because I think that's oh, the big man. the big teller. Because of course, overseas markets are going to. It only that made shit. 101 million. 101. In that's North what America. it was. See what I'm saying? Like, and um, it was made for American audiences. Didn't give a fuck Damn. about it. To be fair, to be that's fair, a loss, dude. I know that's what I'm saying. A, a big loss. Remember from, when we from talked him. about huge jacked man's pan and how much them like? Yeah, that's like that's, that's a pan loss. No, I know they, the Pacific Rim made like 20 or 30 million dollars this opening weekend, and it just went down downhill Ugh. from there. I didn't know that. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big hit overseas, and that's, I think, honestly, what saved it, and the, is basically the only reason why oh, people are actually talking about a sequel. Of course, Asia saved the kaiju movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Even though, even though the, ki- the, 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 Jaeger, the Asian Jaeger, the three-armed Jaeger, died, like, like <laughs> right away. Look, man, why wouldn't you give it four arms? You're going to give it three arms? There's three pilots, man. They're, they're triplets. That's Pacific Rim logic, dude. It, there's three. There's three people, so there should be three arms. Four arms what the fuck? Been, four arms would have been cooler. It's like Pacific Rim. The, that's what I love about Pacific Rim so much, and the logic of that movie. It's like this is the way it is. Like what? Like what the fuck? You know? It's kind of just like there this is, is the no way other it is. Way. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's like this is what we're doing, and you either like it or you fucking hate it. Like you either go on the ride or you just hate yourself the whole time. I didn't absolutely love the movie like some people did. No, no. But I would definitely go see it. It's a fun fucking movie, dude. And to see it in a theater and be wowed for two hours is awesome. I liked it enough that the year it came out during Comic-Con, we got really fucking drunk at the Marriott pool. Shout Mm -hmm. out to the Marriott Marquis and Marina pool. Yeah. Love their tacos. Not not Caligula. Not Caligula. But their tacos are dope as fuck. Also, shout out to Caligula, which is the nickname for the Hyatt pool because it looks like Caligula. It's got all these Roman pillars and whatnot. 
Yes, ab- San Diego absolutely, Comic Con podcast this year. Come on, dude. Podcast. Are you kidding me? That's not even the. We're thing. gonna have to like bring the H six for that, dude. We're gonna no, have to go. I'm, we're gonna have I'm to go portable this. on this shit. I'm bringing this. Are you serious? Hell yeah. You're we have a hotel crazy. room. Yeah, that's true. I didn't. Have well, to we, fly. Don't wa- we don't want. We don't want to fly with this. We don't want to. Re- we don't want to record in the hotel room, dude. We want to like be. We want to at the bar, like in it, like you, like you want to capture Comic Con, dude. Like you can't like. How about we'll do like one on the floor podcast? I'm and cool then like with that. One hotel room yeah, podcast. I'm All cool right. with that. I'm Y'all cool just with that. witnessed like mm-hmm. some brain trust shit going yeah. on. Anyway, yeah. back to the scene of the crime: Marriott Marquis and Marina Pool area. Yes. Drunk on tacos. Drunk mm-hmm. on probably at this point at five in the afternoon, at least twenty four beers. And then at high least. on life. And high on life. And then at high that on point. life because we're at Comic Con. We played a game of chicken in the pool. You know, chicken <laughs> where like you sit on someone's shoulders, right? Well, instead uh, of calling yeah. it chicken, because we had just chicken, seen yep. that year, we had seen Pacific Rim. We called mm-hmm. it Kaiju's versus Jaegers. Yep. We oh. have we have Kaiju the elusive and girlfriend Jaeger comes fights. out of the room from playing Kingdom Hearts with a chip for me. Oh, salt and vinegar chip. And wants so more Chuck. Two buck Chuck. Wine. Here's your wine. Dude, did I ever tell you one time that um, that that Sarah and this again going inside baseball here, but that Sarah had a like a ten year old bottle of two buck Chuck in her closet. <laughs> I fucking drank it, dude. I got so fucked up. We call that. It we wasn't call that, even we call funny, that midnight dude. Wine. It wasn't even funny, dude. I could midnight. not believe how good it was for after aging for ten years. It Charles was amazing. Shaw. It was amazing. Sponsored <laughs> Pop Pop. Charles Shaw. <laughs> But yeah, so we called it Pop Kaiju's Podcast, versus Jaegers. Fueled by Charles Shaw. Oh, fueled by just all kinds of booze. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Kaiju's versus Kaiju's Jaegers. Versus we Jaegers. would delegate one team to be the Kaiju's, one team to be the Jaegers, obviously. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Undefeated champion of Kaiju's versus Jaegers right here. Mm-hmm. Different team members each time. That's but true. I never lost. Yeah. It was great. It's why a personal you record. Why, why are you opening more wine right now? We got to save that for like later tonight. I'm opening it for you. Yeah, she says it as she's going to top her wine You know you need a refill. (laughs) You need a refill. Um. (laughs) Oh, my God. As you forget your wine in the room? Oh, it's in your hand? You want to pause for a second? No, I'm good. Why? I got to pee. Oh, Taylor's got to pee. I'm going to leave that on the podcast, too. We're going to pause real quick. We slightly buzzed right now. Ah, I just recorded you say that. Only because I didn't, I didn't eat before I drank. So we're back from Taylor's pee break. Yeah, my long ass pee break. That was pee a really and smoke break. Long pee break. Well, we're, well, I mean, to them, it's like, yeah, it, it wasn't long at all. The magic of editing. Yeah, to them, it was like one second. To us, it was. Wait, what are you talking like about? I thought we were minutes. just like continuing the conversation as we have done <laughs> in the past. Uh what's 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 the next piece of news, Taylor? Um. The next piece of news is, <laughs> I blanked there for a second, thank you, uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, going to shoot on the brand new red weapon. I thought they already shot Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, the new the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I'm talking about. Vol- Jesus, come on. Volume 2. Yes. Volume 2 is going to be shot on the red weapon, which, if you don't know, is the new 8K um, sort of uh, primo, top of the line uh, red the camera. I don't know if you knew that, but that's all of the Ks. All of the Ks. That's, dude, that's like more of the Ks than we've ever gotten before. It's true. It's true. Taylor yeah. and I are in the film industry, and we shoot yes. on well, uh, reds and whatnot all the time. And uh, yeah. But, well, what? Well, I mean, we're in the film industry, but, you know, I don't want people to make assumptions like we're some, like, like, like hot shot. Like, <laughs> we work in film, but sometimes. I, Jill's a badass. I don't know about I'm, myself. I'm a hot. No, I'm, I'm just hot trying hot. to be modest. Come on. I'm just trying to be modest. The point was that we've been shooting with, like, red for... Yes. I've, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I've actually been shooting with red since the creation of the company. Yeah. Because I used to work at 
Oakley when he left and made the company, and like that's when I got into film mm-hmm. in community college. And I've been yeah. working with Red since the beginning when it shot. Yeah, like one K, two K, three K. Like I've been there. Like the Red One, you yeah. know, all that that big oh, old man, camera body. Two K, that's so crazy. Yeah, well, um, and I think it should be said that we're both, you know, as much as we're into film, we're both tech heads, mm-hmm. you know, and we're both fo- big into photography. True. Um, and so we kind of t- tend to follow a lot of this stuff. Um, and you know, I feel like movie audiences as a whole are are much more savvy. Uh, than they used to be in, like, for instance, the '60s or the '70s. Oh, sure. um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting because I feel like, and we were having a little conversation about this earlier, but I feel like Red, it's it's good, but pr- for instance, I, I just shot a movie a few months ago on the Alexa, which is sort of the sort of quote unquote prime cinema digital camera out what these days. Say. You know, they shot the Avengers and Skyfall and every major movie um in the last couple of years and there's something about uh about the red that after using the alexa kind of turns me off a little bit i think it's you, great for low budget why. filmmaking the but size of the alexa is about this big which is about what about two two feet, feet yeah two aside. three feet and then when you take the red dragon and then i'm assuming the red weapon will be about the same size a little smaller, box basically this big yeah which is like my hands the size of like Six inches, eight inches, like a fat milk carton. Yeah, like yes, that's but that's not as tall. Exactly, yeah, a shorter, like a chowed milk carton. Yeah, like the little milk carton you used to get in um, at the cafeteria in, exactly, in elementary school. Yeah. yeah, if you take the height of a milk carton, shorten it by about three inches, and then yeah. add it to like the width, it's about the size of like yeah. a red camera. Like they mm-hmm. are tiny. Yes, and so James Gunn himself said that that's the reason he wants. He said he shot on the Alexa and that he chose red for a reason, and the reason is. That it's smaller and they mm-hmm. can fit into smaller places. Yeah. And Alexa's not shooting 8K right now. Yeah. And he wants to shoot 8K for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I used to be on this bandwagon of like, why do you need all the Ks? You're not even going to use them. We can't even project 6K. Yeah. But, it, but, in post, in but in 6K. post, it, as a filmmaker, it helps so much. Exactly. On a presentation level, it's a completely different story. CGI as yeah. well. Look, when David Fincher was like, we're going to shoot 6K for Gone Girl, I was like, you don't yeah. even fucking need that many yeah. k's and then i saw what he did with it because they just shot on the fly and then they were able to punch in yeah all those smooth shots weren't smooth in the beginning no and i was like damn it's like, because you can it's you can stabilize exactly. you can do you can do digital push-ins and posts so yep. james gunn's literal response was dude <laughs> we have a raccoon in a tree as our main characters yeah right the more the more digital space you have control of the, the better for CGI. Basically, the more negative you have, the more control you have to render things. Yes, which which I it's completely agree entirely, with. Entirely, almost entirely set it's in space. Totally, so. and and I feel like that's that's James Gunn making the decision that's right for the film. Mm-hmm. It's just more so me personally well, that what I was saying. Like I prefer the Alexa now after using it over the Red. Granted to say, I never got to use as nice of lenses that I got to that I got to use on the yeah. Alexa, so maybe that made a difference too. Oh, of course, um, because we got to shoot on some ultra primes, which is really great. But you uh, slap like a Zeiss but I could, red but that's what I was gonna say. I could imagine like them getting some masters or something on a red. Like it's gonna look good no matter what. Put a so. Super speed on a that's red dragon. And it's no, like, yeah, it's aight. But like if you put like an ultra prime or a master mm-hmm. prime on it, like it's a world of difference. It's gonna look amazing. Yeah, it's also dependent on what kind of you know aesthetic you're going for. Oh, but yeah, no. So and I think it's a really uh, interesting, I a bold move because this is the first like sort of major film that's shot on that specific camera, right? Like I there's been no be other first, sort yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, I think it'll be the sh- yeah because there haven't been there hasn't been another movie to shoot 8K. I don't think. 
not even AK. I'm just saying on this new camera. But yeah, no, oh, yeah. I don't think there's ever been. Yeah. A, I mean, I maybe if you want to consider the it. It's in a different kind of realm, but like IMAX is comparable to like an AK image, you know, where it's like it's like eight or sixteen times the resolution of a normal it's 1080p 7K, image. I think that's, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. it's 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 the idea of shooting AK as opposed to what we're shooting now yeah, is the yeah, jump yeah. from 35 to IMAX. Oh, you true, know what true, I mean? True, yeah, so yeah. just to put it in perspective for people, I guess is yep. what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I I I might be biased because I I've been using Red, like I said, for like seven or eight years. Yeah, so and that, and I, that's I, not I to like Red as a company. Totally, and that's not to say that I don't like Red. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love Red. I think for low budget filmmaking, it's great. You know, yeah. I mean, I before the one I shot on the Alexa, which obviously you worked on, and you know about Joel. Um, we shot on a Red, and it was super low budget, like fifteen hundred bucks, and uh, or two grand or whatever, and um, it was uh, it was perfect for what we needed. You know what I mean? And the 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 mobility, totally. I see what he's saying because being able to move fast on a set yeah. like that is is very fucking important. You know. And here's the thing. Look, if you can take here's the thing because this is why I think I actually love Red more than I love the Ari Alexa. Look. Yeah. If you wanted to go out and shoot a little two thousand dollar indie project, yeah, with the Alexa, mm-hmm. you can't. No, you just can't no. do it. No, the quality you get from a red camera is worth the downgrade. Get, in yeah. I'm, no, I'm 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 not even saying a downgrade. Yeah, if you can afford to get a red on a two thousand dollar indie project, yeah. it's going to make your project look amazing. Oh yeah, they cater to everybody. Is why yeah. I love them as a company. Yeah, they have. The super fucking well, yeah, and they they have the weapon, and then they have the Raven. Have you heard about the Raven, which is that six thousand dollar four K basically box? You can get a Scarlet for like fifteen hundred bucks right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, well, I mean, that's that's the body only, but still, like, they want to they want to push the boundaries of filmmaking. I think they want look. Mm -hmm. You could put a Scarlet in the hands of a master DP, and you would make a great movie, right? Yeah, you could put the Scarlet in the hands of like a ninth grade math major who doesn't know anything about filmmaking and it could look shitty right yeah but there are those really really talented young 20s that don't have the money to make a really great movie yeah and they can obtain something like a red camera and they can go and spend a couple hundred bucks at a griffin lighting company and get Mm -hmm. what they need to make simple lighting setups and for that amount of money for two thousand dollars because we did it you can make something that's fucking beautiful. Yeah. With a red camera. Yeah. Totally. You can create beautiful images. You know, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely good, great for indie filmmaker situations. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But I mean, again, this is maybe going into a whole different can of worms. But it it sort of begs that question: um, Should everyone be able to make something that good? For that little. That question came way before Red when the DSLR yeah, was invented. Exactly. Like yeah. when that's when, what I'm saying. It's yeah, a whole yeah, another yeah. can of worms. But it, you know, it sort of it begins. It be, just thinking about what you're saying begins 5Ds, to beg that question. Yeah, five Ds and seven Ds yep. and all that shit. Look, I actually like it could be an oversaturation of the market, mm-hmm. but it could also be like there is no more question of like, ooh, is there like an unknown out there? It's like no, that shit. Everybody has and that's that good. Uh, yeah, everybody has yeah. the chance to make something that looks at least okay. Yeah, but then. You can you make it look, look great. Storytelling yeah, and what, right? Exactly. So I can. So it's all about using the tools to. Yeah. yeah, like I said, you could give a red camera to anybody, and they can make a movie, and it could, and and it mm-hmm. could just. Suck. Well, I mean, there's those people that use reds as like as basically like DSLR like home video cameras, which believe me, I know I've met a couple people that that do that. 
Like literally, they bought it. They bought a red. Like they're like rich people millionaires that are like, I'm gonna buy a red, and it's like their little home video camera, like you'd find in the '80s with your family home videos and shit. It's fucking small enough. Yeah, it is. Like you can literally hold it with one hand. Yeah, with the little pistol or the grip on the side, you know, (laughs) the pistol grip, as I like to call it. All right, Taylor, we're gonna move on from that one. Um, Yeah, that was a mad tension. (laughs) Actually, we didn't even really talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. We just went on and. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I will. So, like I already said, I just think it's good because they need to use so much fucking CGI. Yeah, That's I would why agree. He chose that. I would agree. Eight thousand yep. Ks is good for CGI. I mean, to be honest, at this point, and this is be the final thing I'll say is that I trust, especially after the first Guardians, I trust James Gunn as a filmmaker to make the right choices. So, should I trust him after Slither? Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, it, interesting little tidbit. I don't know if you ever heard this. When James Gunn turned in the Guardians two script. Marvel literally had no notes. They I didn't were, hear that. They they were just like, all right, let's shoot it. Like I've that's unheard of. You know what I mean? That's unheard of in Hollywood where you have these two hundred million dollar movies just saying, okay, it's good. Like no notes. You Could know you imagine a world in which there's like, no notes? Oh, wait, what's wrong with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what did I do? <laughs> He's gonna wake up one morning at four in the morning and open the script and be like, but what can I change? I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see that uh, movie when it comes out. Taylor. Yes. Did you know that I'm not a big George Lucas fan? I mean, as a Star Wars fan, I would assume that you're not a big George Lucas fan. Exactly. Which is a little bit of oxymoron, I guess. I mean, he did make the way. prequels. Yeah. I mean, he made the original, so. Well, he didn't direct Just all d- the originals. But he directed the first one, which is the thing that started it all. Yeah, but then he directed all three prequels. He also directed, uh, Shadow directed uh, episode six, from what I've heard, too. How dare you? Richard, Mar- well, no, Richard Marquand. They say in the documentary How that dare G- you? George Lucas says in the documentary, basically, that Richard Marquand didn't have special effects experience. We hired him for the performances and all the special effects stuff and a lot of the second unit stuff, George Lucas actually directed himself, oh, which is interesting. Fine. But yeah, so. Did yes. you also know <laughs> that I hate Colin Trevorrow? Yes, as yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate him as much as you do. I think he made, I think he made a great movie in uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, but uh, Jurassic World was, say, was was definitely a disappointment. I will say that I love Safety Not Guaranteed. My girlfriend, just, I'm sorry. What was that? What was that? Two Buck Chuck is so good. She, she, you literally. Oh, I thought she was reveling in the Two Buck Chuck for a second because you took a sip and you're like, and I was, I just heard I love, and I was like, what? Oh, I mean, it's 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 it does it in the sense. I'm that only saying that I hate him for the sake of this bit of the podcast. Yeah. I enjoy Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, very of course, much. it's a great movie. Great, great, great. I don't cast. think I think I don't think he's a blockbuster director though. That's the thing. So yeah. like, he's an indie director. We all know that he's set to direct Episode Nine, mm-hmm. right? And this is where do this is where George Lucas comes in because I yes. don't want either of them to direct to to direct that movie. Yes, but there's a petition on the internet. Yes. To fire Colin Trevorrow. Yes. And let George Lucas direct episode nine. Yep. How um, many signatures does that thing have right now? Currently, and I'm looking, hold on, let me refresh the page really quick. Currently, I'm looking at it, and it is at 22,750 even supporters right now. I will so say that in the 22,750 human beings actually thinks that George Lucas should come back and direct In the grand episode. scheme of how many people are in America... That is a 
that is nobody. Well, this is not <laughs> just America. This is the world, dude. I know. But <laughs> what I'm saying if you even just take it down yeah, to America, that's exactly. nobody. No, I know so. it's nobody. And this position, this this position, this petition is probably not going to end up going where, anywhere. But I'm going to go ahead and, and read um, the the sort of the um, the finer details, if you will. Taylor. Yes. Read on. Um, so, title of the article. It's petitioning Disney and two others, and I'm, assume, I'm assuming that's like uh, Lucasfilm and something else. Uh, George Lucas, back to the Star Wars movies, is the title of the petition. Uh, and I quote, Bring back George Lucas for the Star Wars movie. Put the father of the franchise as director of Episode Nine. We really want this. Please. We have no problem with Colin Trevorrow, but he's not the right guy to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. George Lucas as director of Episode Nine would be the perfect way to end this new trilogy and make an epic farewell between the father of Star Wars and the whole universe of the galaxy far, far away. We would like to see him again involved with the franchise. Thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful words. No thanks. Spoken from Yuri Luiz in Sao Paulo, Brazil. See, he's not even American. <laughs> it's not even American petition, dude. What the hell's up with this? I'm just kidding. That was super like racist and like miso- I don't I don't know. But damn, dude, American. I don't even like between those two. That's that's actually it's, a toss up. It's me. it's actually a very interesting choice because I know some people probably don't know, even know who's directing Episode Eight, let alone Episode Nine, but. You know, for us, we've been talking about Trevor O for a long time as director of this movie ever since he was announced, and we've both had fairly negative opinions. Um, and I think it's interesting that that as negative as our opinions of George Lucas are, that Trevor O, despite having made less sins than Lucas, is still kind of on the same level as like, oh, who do you choose? You know what I mean? It's it's a neck-and-neck race, which is hilarious to me. That's the thing, because George is more familiar with the franchise, and he knows the characters, and he fucked up a couple times, right? Yeah. But I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I, I... I don't know who I would prefer to direct episodes. All I got to say is Misa want George back. Oh, good Lord almighty. <laughs> maybe you'll change maybe you'll change your mind after me saying that. No, because I didn't like Jurassic World at all. Yeah. And but I mean, is that really Trevor's fault? Let's let's take it let's take an objective sort of opinion on like look at this. I mean, the storytelling is his fault. Yeah, but at the same time, he's an indie director who's hired by one of the biggest studios in the world to create this multi-million dollar movie. Do you think he actually had that much input on the story? Yeah, that's going to happen again. That's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making is like, yes, he sort of did this thing and it was just meh, but I feel like Trevor is kind of the direct, the, 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 the kind of director that is going to flourish without some sort of studio looming over him. You know what I mean? Um, I just, I just, I, Look, there are. So, I understand that this this trend that it happened with Whedon. I understand this trend of wanting great indie directors to direct their big movies, right? And yeah. I understood that it happened because Trevorrow made Safety Not Guaranteed. I understand mm-hmm. where it came from. Mm-hmm. I understand like this 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 path that yeah. they're following. But there are so many better directors in the world. Outside of Lucas and Trevorrow themselves, yeah, they have you fucking. I don't know, man. I don't. I can just start naming directors: fucking Fincher, fucking Aronofsky, fucking 
There are so I could name I I I couldn't even name off the top of my head because there's yeah. so many of them. Well, interestingly enough, Joel, Colin actually has something to stay say in <laughs> response to this. I'm sure he does. Yeah, let me uh hold on, let me just fucking get back to the proper page here. Sorry, guys. I fucked this up. I'm God getting, damn getting it, Taylor. I don't understand hold on. I don't understand what's happening because It's it's like not going back to me. Um, I don't know why it's going down. I've got it right here. Okay. Colin Thanks. says, "It's funny. I saw that." I think it was yesterday, and it was on a day where I was at Lucasfilm giving this big speech to everyone about how we want to channel the invention and just the raw creativity and the boldness that George brought to these films. Interesting. Sounds like he's brown-nosing while also kind of trying to skirt the subject. Yeah, a little bit. He's like, whoa, by the way, about that. I saw it. It was funny, but also George rules? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I um, I feel like that's kind of like almost a little bit of an elitist sort of attitude that he has. He's like, oh, <laughs> those internet people, you know what I mean? It's kind of just like, oh, whatever, like the fans, you know, that's yeah. kind of the way it feels. It feels a little like, uh, I don't know. It's int- it, it's a very it's a it's a very dis- d- divisive kind of opinion I have on this because at one point I care because it's Star Wars, and at another point, like I don't care. You know, because there's nothing I can do about it, and also there is nothing. You can and do also, about it. George Lucas. Like, do we really want George Lucas to come back to this franchise and give us more fucking episode nine tariff and taxation fucking rants? Come on, like, no, God, do people no. like? At the end of the day, you but say like, this is a hard choice, but at least Devereaux is going to lesson? bring a unique and original vision. But do you think whether or not that vision lesson? is good or bad, that's to be decided. But at least he's going to bring something interesting and different. But do you think maybe Lucas learned his lesson and he wouldn't no. do that again? No. I don't think he did, dude. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think Lucas is very much is very much still convinced that, that the prequels are actually good films. So you're going with Like uh, I, I get the feeling that despite what people say, Lucas is like, I don't give a fuck. These are my stories. I told them the way I wanted to, and he likes them, you know? Like he thinks they're good entertainment. So you're going with Trevorrow. Okay, I don't I'm going to go, go with Trevorrow, dude. I'm going to go with neither. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was an option. I want a third party. <laughs> Can we just like have Ryan Johnson direct both nine, both eight and nine? He does so good at eight that they're just like, no, you're doing nine, too. And then they're like, move to Trevorrow to like story credit or producing credit or and something. Like, yeah, no, he was on it at some point. <laughs> Assistant directing. <laughs> Second unit. <laughs> Speaking of storeworms. Ah, storeworms. Speaking of storeworms, uh, after Rogue One yes. and after Episode Eight. Yes. We're getting a Han Solo movie. Yes. And it's not Harrison Ford because that guy's dead. And he's old. He is old. We're getting a young but Han Solo movie, dead. I guess you yes. should say. Yes. We're getting a young. Spoiler a young, alert. A young Jeez. Han Solo. Oh, my God. It's been more than a month. Yeah, seriously. If people haven't, don't young know that shit by now. Young Han Solo. Um, and if there's any question in your mind at this point, it's who is going to play a young Han Solo. Yes. I mean, this is uh this is something that I saw earlier in the week but didn't have um 
sort of have the chance to actually look at the list itself. I have the answers for you. I know you do. So I'm just just so that people know, these are going to be genuine reactions for me. I do not know um, who is on the short list at this point. So it's going to be very. But here's the thing: is like thinking about the is it supposed to still first of all is it still supposed to be the Han Solo Boba Fett movie or is it Han Solo solo that movie? That we don't know. Okay, it's been rumored to be and or. Yeah. So we'll find out, but. Second of all, um, I mean, I heard a rumor that there's going to be the reason they want to cast it now, even though it's so far away, is because there's supposed to be a cameo in Rogue One. Of course. Yeah. It's going to be like an end credits thing where Han's like, hey, you have the plans of the Death Star or some crap like that. Like, (laughs) they're going to they're going to tie some bullshit in like that. And they're going to be like, I'm Han Solo. And then he's hanging out with Greedo and shit and they're pals, you know. Oh, my God. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's what's going to happen, dude. I'm fucking predicting it right now. So right now, the list, the total list is at eight people. Yeah. But there's only, really, there's a top four. Yeah. Which, which to preface all this, just before you jump in, it's, it's, I find it interesting because I don't really, having not knowing anybody who's on this list, I don't really, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody who would actually inhabit the role as good as Harrison Ford inhabited that role. You're going to enjoy this list. I think it's going to be you're nice. Gonna enjoy this I think list. it's going to be nice, but still There's it's one it's one on here that makes zero sense, but you're going to enjoy this okay. list. Okay. So, number 1, Miles Teller. Of course, because he's in every fucking He's fucking hot right now. Yeah. He's hot right now. And he's, he's so hot right now. And he's a good That actor. Zoolander, he's so hot right and now. And he's such a good actor. Oh no, it's that Hansel, he's so hot right now. That's what it is. <laughs> Speaking of Hansel, yeah. it's Ansel Elgort. He's the dude from The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. Attractive looking dude. Kind of yes. Han Solo-ish looking. Yes. Very. Not a terrible actor. Roguish, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Don't really, I wouldn't really support this one. Yeah. That's um, the one that you say? No, no, no. That's not the one that makes no sense. This is just the one I wouldn't support. Because he's in the Insurgent films. Like He's a part yeah. of a big franchise right now, right? Yeah. He's, he's doing big shit. Um, so it's he's not doing like he's, his thing. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Miles Teller, I think, would do a phenomenal job. That dude's a good actor. I like him. He, mm-hmm. He's just done Whiplash. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about this 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 Hansel guy. He's uh this Hansel. How, what's up know. with this Hansel fellow? What is this a school for ants or giants? Despite this Hansel, Ansel motherfucker, <laughs> right? Despite the school of center for ants, yes. the next person is, and this is the person who I think makes no sense, Dave Franco. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, dude. I'm just looking at you. To, you got to like be kidding response. me. No. That was a, like a literal life beat going on right there. Yeah. <laughs> like like D- dramatic Dave, pause. Yeah. Dave Franco. That's really weird, dude. That's that's. I mean, that's like saying James Franco should play Iron Man. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, like it just doesn't. It's just <laughs> I I literally don't even know where this came from because he's not even like hot off a. Of it's probably. Movie right now. I bet you. I did. I can. I can actually thinking about it. I can almost guarantee you this is probably the case of a studio head going. Oh, what if uh, Dave Franco was in there? Like, it's that one guy who throws in that random ass name into the pot. That's like. What the fuck were you thinking? 
You know what the I mean? The one dude that jerks off to Dave Franco is like, yeah, IMDb it's, pictures it's, it's every like, day. It's like, dude, what, what the fuck? You know, that's just, it seems like that person who is just like, oh, let me try this weird, like, very obscure choice, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. That's a no for me. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And the last one actually is Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Who I actually, I, I think, I think Miles Teller is a good choice for this. I love Logan Lerman to death. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Fury, 310 to Yuma. He's in per, like Percy Jackson. I didn't ever see that, but that's a big franchise. He's really good. In Perks of being Percy a wallflower. Jackson, really. He's really he's good amazing in Perks of in being that. a wallflower. And maybe this is me just typecasting Logan Lerman okay. in a thing, but I, I, I don't feel like he could pull off the the suave cockiness of Han Solo. Oh my god! I, I totally feel like Miles. Could. I think he could only because we haven't seen him do it yet, and if he tried to do it, he might be good. But I feel like Miles Teller is a little bit less of a question mark than Logan Lerman for me. For me, b- between everyone, everyone you listed, it's those two, right? Between those two. I think I'd have to give the edge to Miles Teller. The only question I have about Miles Teller is that he always plays. Because he plays that type, dude. He plays that no, type perfectly. Here's the you keep saying that. He plays like the awkward type, dude. In the spectacular I would say, now, I would he's say, like the weird, awkward outcast. No, he's dude, he's the life of the party in spectacular now. Yeah, but he's but he's all but like but only because he is emotionally unstable inside. Yeah, but that's he's fine. Not like but the, the smooth but the, guy. But the, he's like but the, the but the point dude. that's a character. The point I'm making is he can play that suave guy who's the exterior shell of that character. You know what I mean? He can play that to perfection. Logan Lerman, like you look at Perks of Being a Wallflower. I don't really see a Han Solo from his performance there. You know what I mean? I could see how the idea of him achieving that could be there, but in the actual film itself, in his performance in the past i don't see him being he's more of an uncertain type of actor you know he's it's like it's like it's actually a very good comparison to this is like a jesse eisenberg as lex luther yeah, you know okay. what i mean yeah. like you didn't know he could do it but when you actually see him you're like okay he, he could pull this off you yeah, know? Yeah. i feel like it could be that way with Lerman, logan lerman but it's less of a um less of a, a, a given with with yeah. lerman as opposed to miles teller here's why i i I kind of want Logan to get it is because he was also up for Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, he, for uh, with uh, Andrew Garfield reboot, right? No, no, no. For uh, the one that Tom Holland got. Oh, really? And he didn't get it. It seems like he'd be a little old for that, no? I mean, he is a little, but like if you look at a picture of his face, he's like he a looks young. He yeah, looks he's yeah. just a lo- a, yeah. a young. He's a little looker. baby. He's a little baby. Um, he didn't. He didn't get it. And I, I was kind of rooting for him to get that too, because I because I like him as an actor. So it 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 would be cool if he could win this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I let's put it this way: if 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 either of those guys won the role, I think I would be pretty excited about it. Each for different reason, different reasons, obviously. But I feel like Lerman, although not the obvious choice, could could do a very good job with that. You know what I mean? Like after, after thinking about it, after thinking about what Lerman and Teller could do, I think Teller's a little bit more in his comfort zone than Lerman is. And I think Lerman could actually maybe achieve something that people or we or critics or whatever as a whole wouldn't expect from him, you know, as a, as a community wouldn't expect from him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think I tend to agree, but let's put it this way. I think 
if it were to come down to the two guys, I think the studio would choose would choose Miles Teller. I think coming down to this, I think list, the right choice is Logan Lerman between those two. I think in this list, it's gonna come down to those two. I think it will too. I think it will too. There are other people on this list, like Jack Raynor from Transformers: Age of Extinction. Oh god, that guy was fucking terrible. What the Scott fuck? Scott Eastwood from Suicide Squad. No. Oh. Emery Cohen from Brooklyn, and Blake Jenner from Everyone. Everybody wants some. Like there are other people on this list, but this is the list that I'm looking at is literally actually broken into four and four. Like there's a top four and like a bottom four. Yeah. So like I, it's it's really gonna come down to Miles, Hansel, Dave, and Logan, and. I think it's gonna come down to Miles and Logan in the very end. Well, let's put it okay, let's 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 also keep in mind that this casting these casting rumors are very early on. I think there could but this also this is the short list. This is no, I agree. Rumor, like... Let's okay. Let's let's take it let's take a step back maybe four years, five years max. When Captain America was being cast, okay. Chris Evans was not on the short list. Not at all, not even mentioned, Is that because true? people thought, "Oh, he played the Human Torch. He can't play another superhero." Yeah. You know, that was before the time. Like he was really the first person to do that and do it successfully. Was to transition from one superhero to another superhero and be more successful with the second than the first. Yeah. Um. And he wasn't on the shortlist, and s- through some sort of set of circumstances, Chris Evans ended up coming into a Marvel for a meeting. Damn, and you're he right. Saw He's, what they were doing. He wasn't on the shortlist at all. Not at all. And he, they hired him because they were like, "Oh, this guy's perfect." You know. So to be fair, again, playing devil's advocate, the, the, none of these guys could actually be the person who gets it. But with that said, with everything that's been listed, I definitely think one of those two guys is is definitely most prime for the role. And to be honest, one of those two guys needs that role. Um, in their careers right now. You know, Miles Teller just got off the bomb of Fantastic Four, and he's done some good indie stuff, but he needs that big franchise. Absolutely. And I feel like his agent would really fight for that because uh, he's done the Insurgent Divergent series or whatever it is. No, that's the Ansel guy. No, Miles Teller's in the second one, too. He's is in he? those movies, too. Yeah, dude. Miles Teller's actually he's in, he's in all of them. Miles... Miles Teller was in those movies? Yes, dude. Miles Teller is one of the best parts about those movies, surprisingly. Hey, guys. <laughs> Spoilers, I haven't seen either of those movies. Yeah, but you like Miles <laughs> Teller, so you might actually watch him now, right? I Shailene might. Woodley's oh, shit, not, he is. Sh- yeah, I know. He's a main but character, But the also guy is the main, but he's like the he's, lead guy. Yeah, the, yeah but okay. it's funny that they're both like up for this role. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. Huh. I, I didn't even make that connection, actually, that he was in it, and then Teller's in it also. Yeah, wow. But, um, that's funny. Not, uh, I, I did but, not But know yeah, that. I mean, I feel like, especially with Lerman, too, on that note, like he hasn't had anything really of note since Perks of Being a Wallflower. Let alone That's a major true. franchise besides maybe Percy Jackson, which isn't a major blockbuster franchise. He was in Fury. He was, but that's not a franchise, you know. No, that's, no, no. no. That was a, a September Awards kind of movie. That's not a blockbuster <laughs> action movie, you know. Dude, I'm a looking, Star. It's not a Star Wars no. movie. I'm looking at this Captain America shortlist from the beginning, and it was John Krasinski yeah, from John the Office. John Krasinski was the fucking frontrunner, dude. I Could know. you imagine John Krasinski as, as 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 Captain America? It would be terrible. <laughs> As much as I love John Krasinski, he would be awful as Captain America. Yeah, Patrick Pfluger from the 4400, Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights, and Mike Vogel from Cloverfield. Like, oh, my God, Mike oh, Vogel. Oh, and Jensen Eccles from Supernatural. Oh like, my these God. are some weird – now that we've had Cap for so long, it's so weird to read. I think out of those people, Chris- Jensen Eccles – is the best choice. Oh, Jensen Ackles is awesome. Dude. Yeah, he's a from, great. Fucking from this actor. list, I think that's the best choice. Yeah. But 
Besides Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, is, obviously, yeah, because yeah, he wasn't he, on the list. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, I mean, look, man, I love Miles Teller. You know I love Miles Teller. Oh, yeah, we I both love I fucking love, love Spectacular Now. Yeah. I fucking love... Whiplash. Whiplash. <laughs> you lost it there for a second. I lost. I lost. But Dude, I saw Miles you were looking Teller at me. Miles Teller is in some good shit. Let's just put it that way. He's, I he's would, had a great filmography. I would pull for Logan Lerman instead. I would pull for him too. Do I think it's going to happen? No. It's like it's like it's like that Oscar when you predict the Oscars. It's like who should win and who <laughs> will win. I feel like Logan Lerman should win. Miles Teller will win. Let's put it that way. Here's why I think he might win is because Miles. While an attractive looking twenty something, is starting to kind of look his age. Yeah, yeah. Logan Lerman still looks very young. It, it and see, you know what? That could also be kind of sort of a deciding factor because it depends on what they want to go for. They want to. I'm sure that they're going to want to hire a Han Solo that's going to be able to last them ten, twenty years. You yeah. know what I mean? They want to. They want to cast Don't get me wrong. Miles who's going to be able bad. to show up in dozens of movies from here on forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like it depends what age exactly we're meeting up with Han. For if being... we're meeting up with him as a teenager, Logan may be better. But if we're meeting up in his 30s, then Miles may be better. But was, you know? No, he was like in his 30s in the original trilogy. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like it's going to be Logan. For being 28, 29 years old, Miles Teller looks really good. Yeah. But he's only going to start to look worse because yep. he is almost 30. And he's only going to... Logan yeah. Lerman is like 23 or 24. Yeah. He's going to last longer. Yep. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey... And uh, on that note. And on that note, I say Logan, you say Miles? I say I, I'm rooting for Logan, I say Miles. But we'll see what happens. But okay. I have a feeling Miles Teller is going to win this role. We're only going to fuck. I think you may be right just because, like, what you said, like, his, his agent will be like, man, we it's fucked that, up with Fantastic Four. It's that studio <laughs> mentality. I feel like he has a little bit more draw and pull in Hollywood as a yeah. box office star or rising box office star. Um, than Logan Lerman. I feel like he has a couple slight advantages. Logan's Logan. been in more things than he has. He has, but let's put it this way. Logan hasn't done anything besides Perks of Being a Wallflower since 2010, and Miles Teller has done only things since 2010. That is like, there's a been good nothing, point. There's been nothing notable from Logan I mean, Lerman. Perks was 2012, but... Oh, was it? I thought it was 2010. Uh, oh, okay. Percy so, Jackson was in 2010. That was... Okay, that was my bad. Perks was 2012. <laughs> So, well, three years, though. Four, uh, yeah. Three years, yeah. But that could make all the fucking difference. It's a long time. Well, I mean, that's... Oh, you know what? Real quick, mm-hmm. real quick special honorable mention. Yes. Because that was the main topic. But honorable mention... Um, uh, mother... Uh, <laughs> mother... I got, this. Uh, I got uh, this. Governor Cuomo uh-huh. of New York... Yes. Ah. Is... Uh, Promising a Javits Center uh, remodel for a it's a billion dollar expansion. Clearly, a, clearly, he thinks he's going to win the Powerball. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm going to win the Powerball. I'm going to give it all to Javits he Center. He's going to win the Powerball. He loves Comic Con that much. <laughs> so the Javits Center, he he says that he's going to do a billion dollar expansion on the Javits Center to make it. To make it 3.3 million square feet, which will be the largest convention center in America. How big is it now? Right now, uh, it's probably about damn, a third of that, a, right? That like is it's a good it's basically question. is it expand is it expanding it like more? It is it doubling the size of the convention center? No, they're just they're they're adding to the convention center. So it's like San Diego, but where it they is add a 50 percent increase in size. Yes, but it there is, you go. They're not That's changing. Good. 
the they're just adding the... adding on to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's increasing the sort of capacity. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right now, the New York Convention Center, which is the Jacob Javits Convention Center, the total space is 1.8 million square feet. The okay. exhibit hall yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. 8,400,000 square feet. <laughs> I said that really 84,000. No, 840,000 square oh, okay. feet. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and the rest of it is uh, 103,000 square feet. Wow. So right That's now it's crazy. only at 1.8 million. Um, but here's the thing. Like, to make it 3.3 million square feet... That's huge. That's the largest. I think right now the largest convention center is uh, Chicago. Chicago has the largest convention center right yeah. now. And yeah. then um, I think Las Vegas is, is right behind that. Yeah, Las Vegas is fucking huge. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, the Chicago Chicago convention center. That's live Googling going on right this there. This is Peeps. some live Google. McCormick, You've heard of live tweeting? This McC- is live Googling. It's the latest place, trend. McCormick latest place trend. is uh, 2.6 million square feet. Holy so fuck, right that's now, a lot, that's a lot of feet, man. That that is a lot. That's of feet. like that's like that's like one 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 hundredth of the feet of America, <laughs> if that makes sense at all. You are such a dweeb. I know. Las Vegas Convention Center, in comparison, is oh no, I'm sorry. Wait, that's weird. I googled largest convention center in America, and McCormick Place came up. Las Las Vegas Convention Center is three point two million square feet. Holy fuck, yeah. dude. That's like. But so this would make the Javits Center the largest convention center in America at 3.3 3 I mean, million that makes sense. Feet. It's New York. Like, they've got to have the biggest everything. Here's the thing, though. San Diego Comic-Con has been the convention for comic books Which they've been pushing. They've time. been pushing for an expansion at SDCC, they right? Have. They have. And le- r- currently, the total space of San Diego is larger. It's 2.6 million square feet. Okay. So it's larger than New York, but the problem with that is the exhibit hall floor for San Diego is, is much smaller, six hundred and fifteen square feet, whereas the Javits Center is eight hundred and forty thousand square feet. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. so it's two hundred and something thousand, thousand square more. feet smaller, but the total space is larger. But that's because they have the outside area, they have Hall H, which is fucking enormous. They have Hall H they and have all so like many, the stuff around. Exactly, at the they have so and, many yeah. smaller things attached to the convention yep. center that make it it's larger. It's not one centralized location. Exactly. Yeah. So the Javits Center will become larger. Uh, it'll become the largest convention center I- in America. And all, all I have to say is San Diego, you got to catch up. The gauntlet has been thrown. You have to catch up. Let's just let's just put it this way. San Diego, if you don't get on the ball, Thanos is going to take that Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet and fuck your ass He's gonna up. He's going to do it himself. Yeah. In Look, ten years, you could lose this convention, San Diego. I'm Come on never, now. I'm never not gonna go to San Diego Comic Con. No, but just going one year to New York Comic Con, I'm never not gonna go to New York Comic Con. Well, that's just you so, personally. Like, <laughs> no, but I'm saying like just the experiencing yeah. the different. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course, it's a different vibe altogether. They yeah. had better uh, the drinks. <laughs> alcohol is the big it one. It may have been the booze. In it the was also centers. the alcohol it that you may could have buy been, on the wasted floor. the whole time. <laughs> but no, it was uh, security was better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the lines are better. Getting into the convention, yeah. they manage the same amount of people better. Yeah. So, like, look, San Diego, I think, is what it is. Is it's not that they're too small; it's that there's too many people going. Yeah, totally. Which it's I guess a, in turn over... does mean that it's too small. But they just need to, if they just made it, if they did the same thing and put a billion dollars in the convention center. They would have no problems. They would, but look, they can't even get the Chargers 
a new stadium. So that ain't gonna fucking happen. Um, it's San just, Diego, you're fucking slacking <laughs> like a Wells vagina. That's what I'm saying is y'all need to catch the fuck up because I love you to death, but if you don't expand. So basically what you're saying is San Diego has to stop being the whale's vagina and the sperm that enters the whale's vagina. Or and start being the sperm that enters the whale's start vagina. Start being um, the sperm whale. Yes, the sperm whale's vagina. Yeah, I just got fed another salt and vinegar chip. It's delicious. Dude, salt and vinegar chips are the shit. I can't, eat a, I can't eat a lot of them, though, because the vinegar gets to me. But having a small portions, yes. Thank you. I would love a salt and vinegar chip right now. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. Yeah, that was talking too long. Massive. I had to do that little special honorable. Can we just can we just call that? Can we just call this episode tangent? No, well, I'm yeah, I get yeah. Because I feel like that's all we did. It's still not our longest episode. I know, (laughs) Uh, but I had to throw that honorable mention out there because like the fact that I loved New York Comic Con already and now it's getting bigger, I'm. It's only gonna get better. So next Mm -hmm. year you have to go. You got to go with this. Uh, well, we recorded that New York Comic Con episode. It was uh, Pat, Sean, and I. Taylor was, was supposed to be. It was there. the only episode I haven't been on. Taylor I was think. supposed to be. It, it was it, the oh, only epoch episode, and he was supposed to be there. And he didn't get to go. I know. Next year, yes. Next year, I'll make it up to you guys. I'll make it up to you, dear listeners. He's stroking all of your hairs. Oh, he's chewing on chips right now. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode eighteen of Pop Pop. The Pop Culture Podcast here on AgentTheNerd.com. Yes. We are really pushing for more user engagement. If you listen to us, which our stats say that you all listen to us, engage with us, please, on Twitter or Instagram. I am at I'm the LA Nerd. I know in the past I've plugged Twitter and it was at Reeves Film. I have, uh, I have gone fully corporate on this podcast. Oh, no. And right now I am at I'm the LA nerd. I am not not I am. It's I, at symbol. I, I am the LA nerd. It's at symbol. I yes. am the LA nerd. Yes, but not no no not Twitter no. handle. I am the LA nerd. Not not I am the LA nerd. I'm the LA nerd. There you go. I am. Yeah. Not I am. I am. This is like, like the letter M. Fuck, dude. <laughs> this is so confusing. Just lay it out straight for Please people. Please don't hate us. It's I'm the LA nerd yep. on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Go follow us. Comment. Send me a message. Tell us what you like. What you didn't like. Yeah. Um, say what you want to hear. Fucking rate us on iTunes, guys. Ooh, Come on, like on give iTunes. us give us a little uh, give us a little love if you like us. If you don't like us, fucking tell us what you don't like, and we'll see if we can change. That's shit. the thing. If you go to Twitter, Instagram, it was a little harder to do this. If you go to Twitter, in my Twitter bio is a link to the iTunes page. Yes. So go to my Twitter at I'm the LA Nerd. Uh, click on the link. Go rate us on yeah. uh, the iTunes. Say, yo, those guys suck a bunch of balls, or. I love those guys. They make me LOL IRL. Like, yeah. you know, whichever. IRL. Yeah, in, in real life. Yeah. Whichever you want to do, just the do IRLs. it so we at least know what we're doing wrong. Wait, like, that's not the Indie Racing League? It's, no, it's <laughs> Sorry, not, I had to go there. It's not the Indie Racing League. <laughs> Taylor. Yes. Thanks for being on this podcast. No problem. Man. It's been a pleasure as always, good sir. Later, you nerds. Peace.